0: hello hello and welcome back to a metaphysical life the show that guides you through various breathwork techniques meditations and interesting wellness chats i'm your host fiona thompson and i'm here to share some guided inspiration to help you live your life a little more optimally let's get metaphysical metaphysical let me hear your mind body spirit talk (laughs) So welcome back to another episode of A Metaphysical Life. On today's episode, we have a special guest, Jennifer Hintenberger, um, a (laughs) five-time world champion, 18 world records, first Canadian world-class master of sport, coaches and competed in 15 countries, and nine-year owner and online fitness nutrition coach. So welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank Thank
1: you. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you. Just give me a little bit of a little spiel about you like what you're doing. Let's not too much detail. We'll get into that podcast just a little bit about you like what you're doing what you love and um, what brought you here today.
1: Okay, Um, what I do what I love. So I suppose kettlebells is going to be (laughs) what I'll say there. Um, My passion for sure is fitness and health. Um, It started with more caring about physical health as I used to be obese and really sick in my early twenties. And then along my journey, I've learned just so much more about the power of nutrition and sleep meditation. Um, like we were just briefly talking about yoga and just all of these other variables that also address mental health. So I try now to teach, educate more on both mental and physical health through nutrition through teaching virtual boot camps, and then um, via my Instagram page, talking a lot more about mental health and body image, self-image, all of those other things that we're fighting alongside trying to simply be fit.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And what uh, what brought you here today?
1: Uh, You did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Obviously.
1: (laughs) Right. You reached out, you reached out to me and I've always had immense respect for you and what you do. And I think you're very inspiring and how you genuinely care about empowering women and people when you reached out. Yeah, there's no way that I could show up today.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So before we get into the little questionnaire part, so I pulled a tarot card and the tarot card deck is the mastery of love by Don Miguel Ruiz. And this is the card and we can talk about it after. So it says, you are responsible for your own happiness. Happiness never comes from the outside of you. If you put your happiness in someone else's hands, they can always take it away. Happiness can only come from the inside of you. And that is the result of your love. Wow. Does
1: that, <laughs> does that resonate with you at all? Or? Ab- absolutely. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I would say that that card just is a reminder to me of what something that I'm constantly ongoing I'm constantly trying to work on which um, I think a lot of physical health issues, and especially mental health issues that I've had in the past have to do with the fact that, you know, codependency, you've probably heard about this term, I would say that, you know, I grew up, I don't know how much you know about my background, but a lot of people go through this, I had an alcoholic father, very abusive, Mm -hmm. physically, yes, but emotional, I think a lot of people don't give enough recognition of the damage done through emotional, mental, mm-hmm. verbal abuse. In my experience, I'll, physical is, for me, not nearly as um, traumatic as those others have been. And so having a father like that and then a mother who's just working nonstop and just not a very emotional, empathetic, loving, affectionate person mm-hmm. um, and always having my worth being defined by how well I do academically or athletically I never felt safe or loved or valued unless I was the best. That Mm -hmm. was the only time that I would ever receive some sort of recognition, recognition of you are enough. And so I feel like I've spent my adult years on doing a lot of that. And I mean, I've drawn people into my life relationships, whether it's intimate relationships, professional relationships, friendships that I've allowed to hurt me because I relied so much on my worth being dependent on how impressed they were. I think this is something a lot of us need to do is to, to learn that we will never be, we cannot place our happiness on other people. We cannot do it. And so, yeah, well that said. card. Yeah, yeah I told that you. That card's amazing.
0: I, I told you, the universe picked it for you. So I was like, it, it went between two cards. And then I was like, which card do you want? And it picked this one. And when I read it, I was like, wow. It's, it's really
1: brilliant. Like yeah. uh, just this past week, it's been extra on my mind because someone came into my life and I noticed, I thought that I had done more healing than I have. And this person brought up some triggers that made me realize, oh, okay, that codependency that yeah. you're leaning into that again. Now we got to step back. You know, yeah. Fine,
0: own it in, yeah. Exactly. exactly. That's
1: that's cool, Fiona.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. So I have a few. Well, I have a bunch of questions. We'll try to get as much as we can. And then, are you cool to do a five-minute breath work at the end? Oh, I would love that. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, just answer from the heart, and you know there are no right or wrong answers. Okay. <laughs> do you remember the very first time you picked up a kettlebell, and did someone inspire you? Inspire you to do so. If so, how?
1: Yes. <laughs> the reason that that triggered me a little is the man who put the first kettlebell in my hand just passed away. Um,
0: oh my so, god! I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so oh my, interesting. My, <laughs> my condolences. I didn't need to do that. Thank you. No, of course, of course. Yes. Okay. So I was doing my masters of teaching biology and phys ed in Australia, and so when you do a teaching degree, you have to do sort of a practicum they call it an internship there a practicum here where you you know you go into school and you practice you actually teach for four months or a semester or whatnot so i was teaching present in biology at this school in australia you know how at high school they often have a self-defense person come in from outside the school and teach like jujitsu or something like that or they did that in my high school at least and they did this there and this man um kaicho martin mccormick came in and he was teaching qigung. I can never say that word right. He was he was teaching that to the kids and I had a spare. And so I thought, awesome, I'm gonna go jump in. It's always good to be involved with what the kids are doing. So I took this class, and after he came up to me and he was like, I am he just told me, he's like, I'm going to introduce you to a tool. You're going to like this. I will bring it tomorrow. We will lift kettlebells. <laughs> it was <laughs> he was just very like, this is what's happening. And so the next day he brought in. Um, an eight and a 16 kilogram kettlebell, and he showed me some different lifts. And then another teacher, Jono, did it with me. And, and this man, Martin, he taught us every single day. He would bring the kettlebells himself, teach us five days a week after school, and he did it for free. He just wanted to teach kettlebells, and we were willing to lift them. And that yeah, was and, it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and he, yeah. And we used to have co- morning coffees, he used to call them a cuppa. in Australia. So that's what they would refer to it. Do you want a cuppa? And we'd have a coffee. And he used to always talk about it one day. He's like, you're going to teach kettlebells around the world. And I really do. So amazing. Oh my God. Amazing.
0: Awesome. Okay. So of all the places that you've competed or that you've traveled to, which is the most memorable for you?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So competing in South Africa, just because I love South Africa, but the most memorable would memorable would be Russia. I taught, I was there for three weeks. I competed in two back-to-back competitions. So I was there during white nights, like when it's daylight forever and ever and ever. Oh wow. and, and so I competed in um, St. Peter's, St. Petersburg one weekend, the next weekend in Kaliningrad. And I was also there for a full day, four full days of learning from the top six lifters in Russia. And so those were big, long, amazing days where it was just grinding all day long, learning from, yeah, (laughs) learning from these guys who have had a kettlebell in their hands since they were little, then spending the nights exploring. They took us touring, you know, we'd go back to one of their homes, drink vodka till like five, 6 a.m. And they'd be like, you know, we still train at seven. And we did still train (laughs) at seven. We thought they were trying to kill us, but that was a really, really cool experience. Amazing.
0: Okay. So then if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live?
1: Probably. I'm real. I really love South Africa. I love Switzerland. I always okay. say South Africa, Switzerland. Yeah. I, Cause there's obviously a lot of bad things happening in South Africa as well. There's a lot of crime. It really is as you know, mm-hmm. like everything's gated. So it does have a very closed feeling like every single house is gated yeah, so i do yeah. love the openness of course of canada but i don't know something in south africa i i of all the countries i've been to that one i want to go back to so badly but switzerland switzerland's pretty incredible as okay, well cool. and, yeah so
0: which scar of yours has the most interesting story
1: whoa on my body which scar yeah or There's anywhere of- <laughs> There's so many i um, know this is a good i like is, is this a- <laughs> that's a cool question. Yeah. First I thought emotional scars that would take way too long. Physical. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have some scars down my hips and legs from, I was teaching kettlebells in New Zealand. And the day after the workshop, the host was like, all right, let's go hiking where they filmed the Lord of the Rings. Heck yes. That'll be so cool to see. So we went out there, we're nine hours into our hike and we can't quite figure out how to get down. Um, we couldn't find the path. And so we had to start just working our way down because it's getting late, but it was all scree. So, Mm -hmm. um, we're working our way down and suddenly like we're, it's catching us and we're sliding big time and we're falling and we're getting all cut up and raw and starting to bleed. And, um, so we had to be really, really careful. We would slide and we would see like a giant rock and just kind of try to slide to it and then have it stop us and then slide a little further yeah and we're so we're it's doing, like a we're movie off of this mountain <laughs> oh, oh if i had a gopro i swear oh i think my i would God. have made a killing if people could have watched <laughs> what happened and so we got to this one section it slid so fast that it somehow made me lean forward and i somersaulted and slammed my back down and then went a little bit my hands are all bleeding my arms all yeah. bleeding and it was three of us it was heath the, the guy who hired me and then Claire and myself and Heath ran over to me and asked if I was okay. And then he said, okay, listen, Claire's really scared. I'm going to hold her arm and we're going to come down really slow. And I said, I'm not going to stand. I'm going to crab walk. I don't yeah. care if my hands are raw. I'm going to crab walk the rest of the way down. So he said, okay, so when you get down to the end of this mountain, go left and we'll meet you there. Don't go right. And then he made a joke and he goes, don't go straight because obviously you'll die because it's a mountain cliff. Yeah, yeah. Seconds later, rocks start sliding beneath me, and I am flying down this mountain cliff. Even though I'd been rocks been crab walking, they just started moving, and so I'm digging my heels into the ground super hard. I'm digging my palms, my butt, like ripped through my lulus. All the back skin on my legs is coming off, and I'm just desperately trying to stop myself because it hurts so bad. I wasn't even thinking about the cliff; it just hurts so bad. I would just wanted mm-hmm. to stop. And suddenly, I looked up. I'm at the cliff. Oh my God, I could hear it was slow motion. I could hear Heath being like, don't go straight, you'll die. And so I thought like, I need to do what I can. And I rolled to the right, but there was a rock slide there as well, because they'd created two more, they created more slides above me from their paths. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't just in my own path. So I couldn't, so I rolled back, my body flies off the cliff. I see a rock, I grab it with my left hand, knowing it's my last chance to not go off the cliff. A boulder hits me in the left side of the head. This is when I tore my lat on oh, this side, God. went flying. And then suddenly I just looked forward and it was just brown smoke everywhere. And I'm just floating like in those dreams where you're waiting to hit the ground and shatter. <laughs> and I'm just oh like, all right. And I could, it's so loud and I could hear all these rocks smashing my head and everything. And I'm just thinking like, okay, well, this is it. I finally, I felt peaceful. I was like, I tried Mm -hmm. It's so slow motion. When these happen, this isn't the first near death accident I've had. And I was just like, okay, I'm getting hit by a rock. So I just flew off a rock. I'm about to land on a rock. This is, this is it. At some point I land and I hit so hard that it like shakes me. And so to, to realize like, oh my God, I'm alive. I think I must not have gone off the cliff Heath was talking about. So I had this sudden fear that there was another one in front of me. And so I was like, I need to stop. And I pictured those movies where like you go, people are in the rapids and they're about to go over a waterfall and yeah, they yeah, trying yeah. to find a rock. So I'm picturing this, this is all happening in seconds. Right. But to me, I remember every moment. And so I, I'm like, okay, I need to stop myself from going off the cliff. So I'm flying past all of these rocks getting smashed around And I see a rock and I try to grab it, but my body's flying so fast with the pace. It's moving with this rock slide that I fly off of it. I see another one, same thing. And I, and then finally I screamed, you know, I'm not like a big religious person or anything, but I do believe in something bigger than us. And I yelled, I was like, God, I need a rock. I remember screaming this. (laughs) I was so desperate and so scared. And it was like the movies once again. The smoke cleared and there was a rock just big enough for my feet to slam out against. So I slammed my feet against the rock, lean back against the mountain cliff because all the boulders are like still coming at me. And then I leaned back and I saw this big white boulder come over my head and I thought like, oh my God, this isn't done. And so I covered my head and I just stayed leaning back against the cliff until they all stopped. Yeah. And then I was in wicked shock, right? Like my legs were so shaken. I couldn't couldn't unlock them for probably about an hour, but (laughs) so yeah and there's more to that story but that gives you the story of those scars I didn't die and yeah
0: (laughs) so so on that note a leading question after all that are you scared of death now would you say you're scared of death or
1: that's a fantastic question because I talked to a a friend recently about this and he is surprised that I am and I I said to him I'm like I'm very surprised that I am because I also rolled my car four times like it rolled four times and um And I should have died then as well. My car was totaled, ceiling caved in, everything. But, and both times I was faced with, okay, there's no way I'm going to survive this. I felt peace, like amazing peace and acceptance. And just like, almost like I'm ready to go to sleep. Like a very, yeah. You have a serious
0: angel. You have a serious angels, like watching over you, like, you know, (laughs) to survive all of this. Like, you know, somebody I I think so.
1: Yeah. I, um, I I really do so but you know what I'm still afraid to die and I think it is because like when I think about death I get very scared but it's because I feel like there's something big I'm supposed to do and I haven't mm-hmm. done it yet and I think that's what gives me that like anxiousness when I think about it is I'm like but I'm not done mm-hmm. and so yeah
0: so what is what is when you leave this world what kind of legacy do you want to leave you know if people talk about you say your name what do you want to
1: leave? Wow. I've never been asked anything like that before. And (laughs) like right, right away when you were saying that I was, I, my mind, if I could leave other people, something, I think it would be to be able to love and accept themselves more. Like that is a message that really matters to me. I know that I, You know, people see me for what I do in terms of being an athlete, the physical stuff all of the time, but because I've achieved so much physically and also, but I've been challenged so much more greatly mentally and emotionally, I -hmm. would prefer if I could to have a better impact on people's emotional and mental health and self-image and self-love because it's taken me so much work, Mm -hmm. so much work. Like it didn't matter how many, it doesn't matter. I've probably have 80 gold medals. They don't do a whole lot for me. It doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't take away those feelings of, am I good enough? A gold medal never makes you feel good enough. Cool. Yeah. How are you happy in your body? That's a really good one because I feel compelled as if I should have a responsibility to say yes right away. But of Mm -hmm. course, I always want to be completely honest. And it's a bit of both. I think more so yes, honestly, because I have been, you know, like that mountain destroyed my body. If I have those old thoughts, like I think any negative feelings I have towards my body, they aren't who I am right now. They're this old unhealed me who was once, convinced that I needed to look a certain way to be mm-hmm. good enough. And so they do come, but then I have these very real experiences where, you know, I just wanted to survive when I was floating off that mm-hmm. cliff. Yeah. And not only did I survive, but my body is so brilliant
0: that it healed <laughs> itself back
1: to, you know, like I you're I've, like
0: Wolverine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Like that, my body did that. I don't deserve any credit for it. Like our bodies just do these things. Like I have achieved many world championships since then. And not only does that give me some cool titles, but I've got to go to Spain and Italy and Poland and meet so many cool people. And that's all because my body does these really cool things. Yeah. For the most part, I'm pretty in love with it,
0: (laughs) but I do still hear that voice.
1: Okay. It it can come.
0: So when you are like completely broken or injured or whatever's going on, how do you take care of yourself mentally and physically?
1: That's a really good question. Um, you're bringing it today. I love these (laughs) questions. I've had many podcast interviews. These are such different questions. I was talking to, I think it was someone this morning actually for me. And a great example is after the mountain cliff accident. Um, I had brain injury, so that triggered PTSD um, and wicked anxiety. Like I had so much emotional pain inside of my body that I physically couldn't stand up. I remember being on the floor of my apartment crying so hard and just trying to stand up, and I couldn't. It was like there was this really big weight. There's so much pain inside of me, but not a physical injury, just pain. And so for me, I just always lean into the simple things. I may not be able to compete in kettlebells right now because um, my tailbone's broken or whatever injury is happening, but I can walk. I would walk, I would walk and I would walk slow um, because I also ended up with chronic chest and sinus infections and vertigo after that accident for the next Mm -hmm. year. So I couldn't walk far, but I would walk and I would eat things that I knew would make me feel good because if I ate garbage it was only going to make me so much worse. And I couldn't do that to myself. My body chose to live, my cho- body chose to keep going. And so I just did the little things. I didn't, like I said, I closed my gym because it was way too much stress mm-hmm. for me mentally and physically at the time. So that was a tough thing to do. But I, I took the stress away where I could. I was just really easy on myself and it took a long time, but things always get better. And mm-hmm. yeah, so just yeah, do the so little you- things
0: you let yourself really heal like really heal from the inside mm-hmm. out so
1: that goes back to that
0: card the one that we had in the beginning so it's like being happy from the inside and out so healing from the inside and out cool. yes
1: exactly yes and i think <laughs> one thing i should say that can help a lot of people is patience i am an extremely patient person yeah i i when people get injured man they want to give it and i'm like like they just want to get it and they want to be back at it i have no problem no problem at all waiting because my skills yeah. will never disappear. Mm-hmm. Put in the time That's not going anywhere. I think if pay people, when they face different challenges, whether it's a physical injury or mental health issues or just additional stress in their life and it's upsetting their routine, it's just, yeah, it's okay to be a little easy on
0: yourself. Yeah. Okay. On a lighter note, when was the last time you laughed so hard That you literally cried or you had stomach pains or you fell to the floor. When was the last time you had a laugh
1: (laughs) like that? You know what? You're making me disappointed that I cannot think of a time (laughs) like that. You know, I don't know if it has to do with the pandemic and I'm by myself so much. I'm in this little, I moved. So when I closed my gym and I, when I say I didn't want to live, I mean, I didn't want to live. I was in so much emotional pain. I closed the gym and and my boyfriend and I he broke up with me right after I closed the gym which was a big Ugh. shock. Yeah. And um I just felt like I had nothing. I just gave my future away. I just like with the gym professionally and then yeah. what I saw personally was gone and I was like, oof, I'm like I I and the amount of emotional pain I had, I was like I I can't do life right now. And so I came out here point being because yeah. this is supposed to be lighter. I don't really know people here, so I'm always yeah. by myself. I'd say the biggest laughs I have is watching Brooklyn Nine Nine because Captain Holt is. I don't know if you watch that show. <laughs> no, but he. <laughs> I sit in my living room and laugh really hard out loud by myself, but it's usually watching sitcoms. I yeah, need more that, people to laugh yeah. with like that.
0: I think you. I think that is your your homework for you is that you need to have a laugh that where you laugh so hard that you're crying. Like I love that's, that. That's my my uh, prescription that I'm giving to you.
1: <laughs> that's fantastic. And do you have these laughs often?
0: Like, you know what? I laugh to myself all the time. Like sometimes I just I'll like look at my face. I'm like, why am I doing that? Or like, you know, I'll start <laughs> singing. I, I'm like, and I'm in the middle of the grocery store, and I'm like, I'm singing and dancing, and I'm like, oh my god, is somebody watching me? So that <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> yeah. I, I, laugh, I laugh all the time because like, if I don't understand something or if something is awkward, I'll just laugh. And then it's right. It starts, it starts to turn
1: into a real laugh and you're like, Oh God. Okay. I okay. Swear. I do laugh like that. I do laugh like that a <laughs> lot. And especially with myself and at myself, yeah. um, but yes, that's great. Okay. I love that you yeah. do that. <laughs> all right.
0: So let's see here. So was there a, the biggest obstacle or challenge or mistake that you made then? What was the lesson you learned from that?
1: Oh, biggest obstacle, challenge, or mistake. I think the biggest obstacle I've ever always had in my life is financial. It's always related to financial, to my financial situation. I I didn't come from money, I was never really talked to about money, I never understood you know, a lot about budgeting or anything of this sense. And then, um, I finally worked my way and I've worked since I was 11 years old. I, I worked so many different jobs in so many fields, but I've never really been stable in that area. And i worked myself to a point where I was in the gym, but then of course I was in the accident and then closed. And it's like these last four years I've had to start all over. Mm -hmm. And then with the pandemic, it's, been even harder. So I think the blessing in all of that is it's made me have to be creative. And I actually Mm -hmm. love using my creative side anyhow. So it's guided me to do what I used to do um, in a lot more efficient manner. So now I teach virtual boot camps through my TV screen. Like I step two feet to my left and I'm teaching class (laughs) and, you know, and I'm teaching people in Australia and in England and in Ireland and the U S and in different provinces in Canada Um, so I think never even though I have two university degrees um, never choosing a stable career because I follow my heart over what Mm -hmm. you know makes more sense in Mm -hmm. air quotes uh, it's forced me to be a lot more creative with how to make things work
0: good I love that last question Um, so are you living your best life um <laughs> i gonna be like, yes, absolutely. The pandemic's like crushing all of these
1: questions. Um, I feel like I was because it has been an absolute joy. So it, it's always difficult as an adult to not have financial stability in your life, but I can definitely say that you know, if something, if I were to be in an accident and pass away today, I've lived. I've seen the world. I've experienced so many different cultures. I've been blessed with the most incredible people in my life and I have the privilege of helping people every single day doing something I love I think in every field we're in we're helping people to some Mm -hmm. degree but I get to do it with something I'm actually very excited about every single morning when I wake up so Mm -hmm. I do feel like yeah yeah. There's even you just talking something.
0: about it. Yeah. I can see it brings like, so much joy <laughs> to your face. So it does. Yeah, awesome. it does. So we, we finished all the questions you did. Amazing. Um, Thank we're going to do a little, a little breath work. It'll be five minutes
1: okay. and okay.
0: it's quite easy. So have you done breath work before?
1: I haven't. And I've wanted to, I've watched videos on it and I've heard great things from friends, but no. Okay. So
0: with the breath work, you might feel sensation. Your body might feel like tingling or you might feel like hot or cold temperatures. You might feel emotions come up. Okay. So just allow for whatever comes up just to come up and just allow yourself to be. Just be present, you know, we're here. It's only five minutes, so hopefully we don't stir up two emotions, but after <laughs> all, you're gonna feel a lot lighter even after the five minutes. Okay, so okay, if you, thank you if you want to close your eyes and just settle into your space here, we're gonna start with three cleansing breaths. So inhale through your nose. And then exhale through the mouth, nice and slow. Good, drop the shoulders just arriving into your space, into your seat there. And then when you're ready again, inhale. And then exhale through the mouth, relax the forehead, relax the jaw. Good last big breath here, inhale through your nose, opening up the lungs as big as you can. And then a nice big exhale, let it all out. Good. So this breath sequence, you're going to inhale into the belly and then inhale into the chest and then exhale. So if you want to put one hand on your belly and then one hand on your chest, so it's all it's an inhale. So inhale into the belly.
1: Can I lay then, down?
0: Of course. Yeah, I'm Like my yoga mat's right there. And it looks. Yeah, nice. of <laughs> course. Of course. Of course. Make yourself comfortable.
1: <laughs> Thank you. That chair was not comfortable at all. Okay, so one yeah. hand on the belly. Yeah,
0: one hand on your belly, one hand on your chest. Okay, so, and it's an inhale. So, an inhale through your nose, and then inhale into the chest, and then exhale through the nose. Everything is all through the nose. Okay, so I'll let you get established there. So, inhale into the belly, inhale into the chest, and exhale. Good. Okay, so whenever you're ready, we're going to get started. All right, inhale into the belly. Inhale into the chest. And a nice long exhale. I want you to feel with the exhale as if you're fogging up a mirror. So restrict the back of your throat and just allow the breath to exhale through the nose. And then find your way right back up into it into the belly, good, nice belly rise there, into the chest, and then exhale, release in reverse, just finding your own flow, finding your own rhythm, I want you to imagine as if there's a tidal wave that's coming into the belly, and then it's coming into the chest, I know, just do what you can in the chest, it's a little bit more hard, and then exhale, release. With every exhale, release a little bit deeper into the floor, into the mat, into your space. Just releasing what no longer serves you in this moment. And then find the breath again, return into the inhale, into the belly. Inhale into the chest, open up that tidal wave as if you're trying to touch the sky. And then exhale, release, good. Dropping the shoulders, dropping the belly, sending the breath all the way down to the toes and finding right right back into it, into the belly. Inhale into the chest, expand and exhale, release. Trying to extend the exhale a little bit longer every time. I want you to feel all those sensations. You might feel some tingling in the face. You might feel some hands might be cramping the toes might be tingling just send this the breath and the sensation wherever it needs to go beautiful good transition and exhale release releasing any emotions any feelings that you're having anything that's coming up for you and then trying not to get too much into your head if you fall off of the count it's into the belly into the chest and exhale, release. Feeling that exhale washing over you as if someone is cleansing you, is purifying you. And right back into it. Inhale into your belly. Inhale into your chest. Expand it. And exhale, release. Beautiful sending that breath all the way down as if you're sinking deeper into the earth, you're becoming one with mother nature, being one with the universe and then come right back into it. Beautiful belly expansion into the chest and exhale. (laughs) Just let the breath guide you trying not to control it trying to get out of your head if you're doing this right or wrong there's no judgments here not trying to control it not trying to blame it just finding your own flow finding that own tidal wave that flows through you into the belly into the chest expand the chest and then exhale release it release it release it release it let it all out good staying with it you're doing so good Inhale into the belly. Push the belly button up like a balloon and then into the chest, open up the ribs. Exhale, release. Good, staying with it, we got one more minute and then we're gonna hold a retention. So inhale into the belly. Inhale into the chest, open it up a little bit more. Open up that heart, exhale, full exhale. Staying with it, you're almost there. The home stretch, we have 30 seconds to go. Inhale into the belly, inhale into the chest, and exhale. Full exhale, let's do one more here. Inhale into the belly. Inhale into the chest. And full exhale, long, long exhale. All the way out, all the way out, all the way out, all the way out, all the way out. out. And hold it, you're holding the breath. We're only here for a little bit. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. And release good. Come into a neutral breath. Good, and you can make your way into a fetal position or into a meditative seat.
1: (laughs) Ah, that was fantastic! How
0: how was that? How do you feel?
1: good thank you I did feel the face tingles
0: (laughs) yeah some sometimes almost your hands want to like do this claw like it's like all the it's like all the negativity all everything is like pulling out of your body so um any emotions or anything come up for you
1: um not too significant I think I had a lot of emotions during our chat and then I think just here I was like you feel better. my mind is just trying to yeah definitely yeah. better that's pretty good. neat
0: yeah. yeah awesome so that was only five minutes usually I do like half an hour up to two hours so if you wow. feel feeling like that at five minutes like yeah it's good people the do breath,
1: two hours yeah two wow. hours
0: sometimes three hours so yeah the breath is so powerful and like you know as an athlete like you need the power of your breath, right? You know, you can't hold your breath like in meditation, even yoga, like, you know, certain poses, you need to breathe through it. So yeah, when you're feeling emotional or like, like physical pain, it's returned to your breath.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. When we're lifting, that's one, one thing that I always come to a lot of people will, will quit at certain points. And I'm like, why did you quit? And and they're like, it's really uncomfortable. I'm like, that's where you go to your breath. That's, that's it. All the pain just like, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. That's yeah. so cool that you do that. Thank you for sharing
0: that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Jeff. Uh, so on that note, just uh, let uh, others know where they can find you. Like you got some it handles, some socials and I'll put them in the show notes.
1: Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, probably the best way is Instagram, Jennifer Hintonberger. It's my Instagram handle, as you know. Uh, and then my email would be Jennifer Hintonberger at gmail.com. And yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. I've never <laughs>
0: never reached out to the Twitter. Thanks for joining me and being here.
1: <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you. And you totally made my day better. Thank you so yeah, much for this. Yeah. Thank you
0: for sharing and we'll I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me on another episode of A Metaphysical Life. Don't forget to follow along so you can be the first to hear new episodes. Sharing is caring. So, please share this podcast with anyone else who might enjoy a metaphysical life. Please follow me on Instagram at Metaphysical Life, M E T A F I Z Z I C A L underscore life. Thank you so much, and I hope you have yourself a beautiful day.